Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 9, Episode 69. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. <laughs> we are so honored to have our first guest of the season on our show. She is the CEO and founder of the Creative Collective NYC. The CCNYC Marquee event is CultureCon. It has been featured in Forbes, Adweek, mm. Essence, Complex, and much more. Not only is she making boss moves as a CEO, she's also slays as a communication director at Worldwide Mass Media Conglomerate, where she oversees press strategy for various series. She's also a force and reminds us on a daily, nothing moves without us. I want to repeat that. Nothing moves without us. So we welcome to our show the one and only Imani Ellis. <laughs> what an intro. Yes. Hi, guys. What's up? Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. Oh, yes. This is, this is big. I'm literally just getting goosebumps. Like when you Here just said, seriously, I, I'm at my old age, Imani, I just... I just start to like get emotional, you know, things we, I can be feeling feelings and stuff. So whatever. I just want to say I'm so excited to have you on the show. I've been watching what CC NYC has been doing and I'm just so excited. And plus we're going to get more into it. And I just really appreciate all the things that you're doing. I'm just humble and honored to be in your presence. I just want to let you know that for those of you who don't know who she is, you're going to find out right about now. Fact. You're going to learn today. You're <laughs> facts. <laughs> So let's just dive right into yes. it. Can you just let the listeners know what is CCNYC? So CCNYC stands for the Creative Collective NYC, and we are a community and a creative agency steeped in culture. So we curate brave spaces for creatives of color. And it's really important that we say brave instead of safe, because uh, I think safe implies that you're hiding, you're mm. making yourself smaller. Uh, we want you to be brave, unapologetic. Mm. Um, see what I did there? The plug, the plug. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I plug. Your full, full self. Nice. Cool. I really love that you mentioned that because honestly, I was wondering what did the brave stand for? I've never actually heard that like expression. And that's amazing. You're not hiding. You're embracing it. You're putting it out out there so that's super dope oh my god <laughs> <laughs> can you describe the importance of having a tribe that supports you and kind of be along the path of what you're doing I think you know that was the catalyst of creating the creative collective yeah. I kind of felt alone in New York City okay I, it was in an age I think when people were still perfect on Instagram and yeah. people weren't really showing the other side and I was trying to decide what my mission and passion and impact on the world was going to be okay. um, I was a communications director and I love my job mm -hmm. but I just felt like something was missing and I felt like I was holding my breath and yeah. I thought I can't be the only person who's looking for something who's looking for this community who doesn't have it all together yeah. invited some friends over and the only rule was to bring someone you can vouch for it was oh, my wow. apartment like yeah. i couldn't have people stealing iphone charges <laughs> so i was like can no you vouch shame. for this person like do you know them it's yeah crazy. For real. iphone charges they disappear you know, those little boxes they just go out of nowhere and so i mean i think that was that was the start of everything is finding people who i could relate to and I think the reason we call it a tribe is it should feel like family. It mm -hmm. should feel like home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I think that really resonates with me and Key because that's kind of why we started the podcast because we both have our regular nine to fives and just wanted to do something that we can be passionate about yeah. and just in line with what our purpose is. And that kind of leads me to the next question. How do you find that balance where you have a nine to five and then you are looking for something else to fulfill you like into your purpose like how do you balance that once you actually find that and you're working on it 
You know, I've been asked about balance a lot lately and I've got to be so transparent. I'm still learning balance. Uh Um, But I think the beautiful thing about finding a passion is it can push you through um, a lot of things that a nine to five maybe can't in the sense of people are like, wait, like, how are you finding time to do it? But I find in life you find time to do the things that you want to do. Um, I don't take the excuse anymore. I don't have time. No, Mm -hmm. you find time um, if you want to. And I I think um, I've definitely had to learn to delegate. I've had to lean on my friends, my team, and really just realize that you can't do it all. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of delegation and relying on people, what are some challenges you face as you were starting up um, CCNYC being a leader? Challenges. I mean, I think, you know, the most challenging thing is you're learning as you go. So there isn't one rule book. There's a lot of different ideas Mm -hmm. of what it looks like to do it right. Mm -hmm. And I just had to get to the point where I just asked a lot of questions. There's no reason to really reinvent every single wheel. And I think in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to figure this out all on my own. And Mm -hmm. once I realized, oh, wait, I can ask for help. That unlocked a lot of things because in the beginning, I was trying to do everything and I've now realized you need people that are better yes. than you yes. at whatever they're doing. This is true. Um, and when I realized that, that I don't have to do all the digital marketing, yeah. that I don't have to do, um, you know, all of the production and that changed my life. Yeah. Um, the sooner you learn that, the better. I'm glad you spoke about that. Cause I mean, literally we've been doing this by ourselves. Kind of still are. <laughs> you know, we've actually added some addition to our team. And I'm not going to front. I've been very controlling, as Pierre would say. Like, yo, you Gasp. just let things go and let other people. It's just my thing is I know my way is a better way. And I know I'm going to get it done to perfection. And I hate giving out detailed, like, instructions. And it's like, oh, you skipped several steps. <laughs> so what's going on here? So how did you learn how to navigate with that? Is it Was it more of, a, of you being controlled or learning to let go and... When did you finally say, okay, I have to stop and really delegate it to other people and trust them to do so? I honestly, it's so funny, SZA's album Control (laughs) came out and I was like, sis, (laughs) I'm a Scorpio. I'm the oldest of four. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm an athlete. Yeah. I did ballet for 14 years. Control and discipline are like the fiber of my being. Yeah. And... I was holding on so tight. Mm -hmm. I remember Tequila, who spearheads our PR Mm -hmm. and used to spearhead all of our volunteers. I was at an event cutting out the icebreakers and she comes over and she took the scissors out of my hand and said, sis. Yeah. We have volunteers. Sit this one. I need you to, I need you to stop cutting. And that, it kind of hit me. I was like, why? Because what ends up happening Mm -hmm. is, Yes, you probably can do it all, but what you're doing is you're really kind of cutting the legs of the people who are there to help. Um, If there are volunteers who have taken time out of their day to volunteer and you're doing everything that they are volunteering to do, that's just not community. And so I had to practice what I preached. And is everything done the exact way that I would do it? No, but sometimes it's Mm -hmm. done better. Yeah. Um, Okay. It's kind of cool. Okay, cool. That, I love that <laughs> just because that is something that we're we're working on also because we know just how important it is to actually have a team and just how that can take you to that next level. So and that's what we're always trying to do. We, we want to just keep growing, keep getting better. And I just think 
as without a team, you really can't do anything. You're literally as true. strong as the person who's standing to the left and to the right of you. And that's why I feel like we're going places because I, I, I got a great <laughs> partner. Right here. Yes. <laughs> and she told her partner that when yes. she tells me about myself every step of the way. And you, well, listen, I say you need like three main people in your life. You yes. need someone who will tell you about yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is my friend, Michael. He's like Amani. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to reel it in. Yeah. But you also need someone who's going to be super optimistic, like where this is going the distance. Yes. Um, and then you need someone that can go ahead of you and kind of tell you like, uh, I wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Not having one of those, I think, can skew you a little in the wrong direction. But having all three, you're set up for success. Nice. Valid. So the CCNYC has put on so many amazing events, whether it's how to make a business model or how to make the perfect avocado toast. Yeah. So what is one of your favorite events that you've put on and why? I think one of my most favorite events um, was actually one that we just did over the weekend with Nike. We teamed up with Nike and did an activation where we did the journey to curl fest. And okay. so it was all about celebrating all different types of textures of hair, celebrating all different types of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it because it was a natural extension of like who I am as a person. Yes. And yeah. curl fest was amazing. By the way, I had a great time. Yes. The curly girl <laughs> collective. Congratulations. Did a great, great job. Yeah. Um, so speaking of with culture, CultureCon coming up. Charlamagne God tweeted that CultureCon is going to be the biggest conference for black creatives real soon. Be on a watch out for that. So when you hear um, stuff like that being said about CultureCon, can you really speak to how this started in your living room and how it has grown over time? Well, it's interesting because the Creative Collective started in my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, you know, we I said out loud, we're going to do monthly events. And so once you kind of say it out loud, then you're like, oh, I got to do it now. Yes. Um, so that's what started everything. And then we, as a group, decided we were going to do a conference. And I said, yeah, let's take everything that we've done and put it into one day. Mm-hmm. And we are just ambitious in terms of the fact that like there's no one saying that we can't do it. Yeah. So we just do it. And I think that is the most liberating part is behind CultureCon are creatives just like us. Yes. There isn't this like Wizard of Oz huge conglomerate that's putting it on. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's us. It's, <laughs> it's us. just us. It's just us. Um and so I think, you know, in the first year we were just trying to see, you know, would people come? Mm-hmm. And um, they did. And we also noticed that there were over 400 people on the waiting list. So wow. then last year, we moved to Knockdown Center, sold that out. Yes. This year, we're going to Dugal Greenhouse. Um, it's over 50,000 square feet, it's like the size of two football fields. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's going to be a lot of Amazing. people and introducing CultureCon week, whole yes. week leading up to CultureCon. So I think every year it's kind of like pushing ourselves to not be too comfortable. Okay. And also listening to our community and being like, okay, what do you want more of? Okay. And can you please let our um, listeners know the date of when CultureCon is and also some of the workshops a little bit more detailed and what speakers you may have this year so they can look forward to And if they still have a chance to get a ticket. Yes. Uh, So it's October 12th, Mm -hmm. but we're also introducing CultureCon Week, which is October 7th through 11th. So every single evening, partnerships and activations and hands-on workshops. Um, And, you know, in terms of what the content is looking like, it's really three main verticals. So the first is hustle harder. So whether it's your nine to five Mm -hmm. or a side hustle, like how can you 
get to the top of whatever mountain you're yes. climbing. The second is building a life. Okay. So we're talking about finances, mm-hmm. mental wellness, things that are bigger than just what you do. Yeah. And then the third is all things culture. So those are the content pieces, those fireside chats. And okay. so it's, there's something for everyone. Um, we're going to start announcing speakers very soon. Cool, cool, cool. And I can't wait to share with you. Ooh. Can't it, wait. <laughs> it's funny that you said with the first event that you had about 400 people on the waiting list and you weren't sure if people were going to show up. Now it's just like people are definitely all, showing up all over <laughs> social media. Just like once you guys put out an event, it's like within like 30 seconds, it's sold out. Like, like I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get the ticket. And, yeah. and it's like, uh, sorry, error. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the comments are hilarious. Yes. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. the community. Yeah. It's great. So I'm curious. So who are some black creatives that inspire you that you draw from? I get really inspired by creatives who refuse to kind of be in a box Ooh. because so many people wanted me just to be a publicist. Yeah. And they were just so confused when I, when I said that, oh, you know, I was the founder of something else. And it yeah. just was like, OK, but well, which one are you? And so I think we really <laughs> welcome like curiosity. And mm-hmm. so people that inspire me are people that do that. So um, my friends like Alex Wolf who is just an incredible thought leader and puts on talks and then does pop-up shops and then just whatever she wants and then is a filmmaker and then does lectures. Like, I just love that she puts out projects. And another person who inspires me is Fadia Cater. She's over on the Instagram team, but she also loves to cook and went to culinary school and started to protect your magic. And just mm-hmm. everything she touches is just successful. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I mean, Mark Clinton, the photographer, I mean, everything that he sees is incredible. I love people that can make things so much bigger than they are. Like you look at it and you see something and then a creative gets their hands on it. And it's like, that's why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And in terms of like speaking of inspiration and moving forward with um culture, I mean, with CultureCon and everything of that nature. So you just started the inaugural class of CCNYC. And yes. we're a part of that. Yes, you are. Hey. Took a little minute. <laughs> <laughs> a little backstory. <laughs> Pierre was freaking out. He was like, I didn't I get like, it. No, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be fine, which I think it was a great concept and idea. And I just wanted to know, um, what are some things that you plan on looking forward to with that class? And what's the next step of having other classes um, in the near future? For sure. CC members... Uh, is so exciting because it's going back to the day one okay how it all started mm-hmm. we are growing so quickly we're the fastest growing community dedicated to creators of color in mm-hmm. new york city um and that's incredible and yeah. we started doing pop-ups all over the country we were just in atlanta last week la three weeks ago mm-hmm. dc a month ago and so cc members is getting back to what it felt like in my one-bedroom apartment yes. where you could really really create these incredible uh, relationships with creatives and build together. And um, we're excited about it. I mean, it really is going to be one of those things where we're building it together, um, the programming, mm-hmm. the um, ideation, the creation. So ah, I'm so glad you guys are a part. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I was on vacation and Key hit me up like, oh, my God, I, I got accepted. And I was just like scrolling through my phone. Like, <laughs> The stress. Oh, let me check my junk man. I was While just like, he's Capri <laughs> on a yacht. I don't know if it's oh. extra. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't stressed at all. Not, not at all. <laughs> Trust me. I was like, no, no, no. We got to This must be some clerical error. We got to figure clerical something error. out. Yes. Uh, wait, what's the quote? It's like, everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Ooh, mm. I like that. Yes. I Drop like a 
and gents yeah, on definitely. the show. <laughs> take, no, take note, people. <laughs> and oh, sorry. No, I, um, when we actually went to the first event, um, you said something that I really like. I would love for you to share it with the audience where you said when you're going to a networking event, you hate when people ask, what do you do? And because, like, matter of fact, do you mind just kind of just letting the audience know just your thought process about that? Just because I just thought that was Pierre, really what did cool. I say? Because you, you're basically saying you don't like when you're coming to a venue asking people, hey, what do you do? It's more so like, what's your favorite food? Kind of right, getting right. to know people and not just automatically going into that networking, yeah. trying to get something out of someone. It's actually about really making that connection. Right. And you just said it so eloquently. And I just would love for you to share like your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it all boils down to humanity and mm-hmm. it just boils down to we are more than what we're doing. Yes. You know, we are just so much more. And I think you can create these incredible relationships when you don't start with what the exchange is going to be. And yeah. so I love asking people what their favorite food is. And they're just mm-hmm. like, okay, sis, but yeah. we're t- already talking about things that we have in common. Yeah. And I think, you know, we'll, I know we're going to talk about cultivating those relationships a little bit later, yeah. but I think people are probably super shocked to find that I don't use the leverage of my nine to five for creative collective. Um, and I'm very proud about that because yeah. I think that uh, the way that we build relationships are based on human connection mm-hmm. and not based on clout. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. why they last. Mm, there's Very goosebumps valid. again. <laughs> no, that's true. And I'm glad that you spoke to that. And also previously you talked about um, bringing it to Atlanta, Georgia and what that experience was like. So what was it like bringing that to your hometown? Yeah. And also, can you speak to what the Honesty Hour is about and what was the success of that? Oh, man. Honesty Hour is one of my favorite series that we do yeah. because they are these living room conversations that mm-hmm. kind of lift the veil of whatever the topic is. So okay. this was Honesty Hour uh, being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And it was incredible. We were sitting down with an incredible group of people that all personally inspire me talking okay. about very tangible examples um, mm-hmm. of what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I loved it because no one got up there and was like, everyone quit your job. <laughs> I just don't think that that's the advice that you should be giving every single person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I I sat there and I said, I'm not going to tell everyone to quit their job. There yeah. are different timelines for everyone. But mm-hmm. those are conversations that need to be had because I just feel like this narrative of like, this is what it looks like to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. It doesn't look like that for everyone. Um, and so that was incredible. Being in Atlanta was incredible. Um, my mom and my sister were there. Oh, sweet. So it was that's just a very three six, Yeah, full circle yeah. moment. Yeah. That's amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> was that your first event in Atlanta? First event in Atlanta sold out. Yeah. Um, capacity was 75 people. We had 103 people there. Nice. That's so cool. Atlanta showed so much love. We have to go back. Oh, man. That's, that's awesome. Homecoming. Thank you. Yes. Good job. Well, speaking about you guys like moving around in the um in the U.S. and going to different states, how how is that going to go moving forward? Like, is it going to be more events in New York since New York was the origin? Are you going to spread out? Or are you going to have equal amount of events throughout? Like, how's that? Because, I mean, I want to still go to the New York event. I want to go to Atlanta to go to no, Honesty Hour. No shade, no tea. But that's a ticket, though. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, it's been amazing because we did start with one event a month. And now in New York, we're doing about four to five events a month. Okay. Um, We've scaled pretty quickly to meet the demand of uh, our community. Okay. So I think, you know, that's going to become like the baseline is okay. New York is our home. Uh, we're going to continue doing four to five events. I mean, my team's going to kill me, but yeah. maybe more. <laughs> Okay. Um, they're like, Amani, please stop. And oh. then we're going to continue to do those, uh, those pop-ups around the country and around the world. Okay. Ooh. I'm glad you spoke about that. Cause I'll be telling P.I. I was like, we need to be doing this, that. He's like, chill 
out. I'm like, I'm always thinking on to the next. Like, right. we have our show coming up on the 31st, but I'm already thinking about the next one. Like, I'm just like always moving forward because I just don't believe in standing still. And I like to be challenged and be on my feet and always have things to do, especially when it pertains to the community and the culture. So I'm glad you spoke about that, even though your team are like chill, right. still going. Right. And I mm-hmm. listen again, I don't mind being wrong. In fact, usually I'm like, good yeah like please check me because there have been times where you know Nabila one of my best friends and we went to school together and she heads up all of our community events and just brilliant I mean she is such a little ninja she's incredible (laughs) like she is our secret sauce she's incredible and she's able to be like "Mm, I wouldn't do that and I respect her opinion so much that Mm -hmm. if she's saying we shouldn't do it we're not doing it so I'm not kind of like marching to the sea you know, beating my own drum, I think you have to have checks and balances because sometimes you are so deep in the sauce yeah. that you're not really seeing the bigger picture. Exactly. So I think there's balance in everything. Nice. Yeah. And with, with all this growth that you experience, like we're very big on self-care and actually just being able to step back and just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Can you share with us some of your self-care routines? Oh, yeah. My self-care looks a little different than what I see on Instagram. Okay. I self-care by eating really good food, mm-hmm. um, like soul food especially. Uh, from Melba's, I will, when I'm Ooh, really stressed, Melba's. yeah, when I'm really stressed, I will order like a two-piece fried chicken plate with macaroni, cheese, and collard greens. Like, yeah, their mac and cheese is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I also will just kind of like – when I'm really stressed, another way of self-care for me is – this sounds a little strange, but like waking up earlier because in the morning when it's quiet and there's nothing yes. else around, I find incredible solace in like getting work done. Yeah. Um, and that's me taking care of myself versus being like, you know what? I'll figure it out some kind of way. Yeah. Um, and then another way of self-care is I love television. I work in television during the day yeah. and I just like eat it up. Like do you guys watch Succession? On no. HBO. No. Oh, I've, I've heard about it, but I, I haven't seen it. I have not even yet. heard of this yes. show. Yes. And then, of course, Dear White People yes, coming back. Yes, that's coming oh, back. I can't wait. They're doing promos for that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It is. I just, I love television. Yeah. 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 So you kind of just like, you have your moments where you just stay home and just watch hours of TV and Netflix and just hang out. And just yeah. Like that. I <laughs> am introverted, which is ironic that. Betty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. you're not at these events. <laughs> yeah. My friends, will, my friends will tell you I am introverted. So usually during the week, I'll probably have to go. I don't mean to say have to go, but I'm probably at an event every day during the week. Okay. But on the weekend, I really kind of become a hermit crab. Okay. I stay in Harlem unless yeah. it's a birthday party. Okay. Um, and that's how I regain my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, or I go upstate. My sister's a farmer. She lives Sweet. upstate New York. So I'll go upstate and escape with her. But, okay. um, yeah, I'm kind of introverted. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that you said that you speak about self-care in terms of it being unconventional in terms of what Instagram have. Go to the spa, go to this. You else, you have to find what works for you. Right. And I, I mean, with me, I love Netflix, but then it's like, I can't binge watch for hours at a time. Like, especially if the show is too much. Like House of Cards, I was obsessed with that and I just started to get depressed watching it. <laughs> and I was like, I had to step away. So that to me, I binge watch in moderation, but that to me, I consider self-care as well. But with a glass of wine, maybe a bottle or two. <laughs> <laughs> while you're yes. home relaxing yes. and stuff like that. I think that's very important. So I'm curious, uh, what advice would you give to black millennials in terms of helping them find that success that you've been able to cultivate for yourself? I think you have to redefine what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you lead with passion, 
success comes. Yes. I think sometimes we start at the wrong end. I mean, I've got to be honest. I had no intention of starting a business. I thought this was going to be like a book club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really small and intimate, like a potluck situation. Um, But it was something that just felt right. Mm -hmm. And I think when you do something out of, you know, it feels right. Yeah. Then it resonates with others. Um, And I know that's such a cliche answer, but, you know, I think before that I was trying to figure out what my passion was going to be. And I was doing like marketing um, for this boutique uh, cupcake company. Okay. And um, I was getting, you know, the traction and the results were there, um, but it felt like work. Yeah. Like every time I had to do something, every time I got an email, it felt like, oh, yeah. And I just knew that like, okay, this is more of the same. It's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creative collective. I mean, I was up till 4 a.m. yesterday. I don't do that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really love it. Like yeah. we all really, really love it. And mm-hmm. I think that's what is, uh, you know, the biggest difference. Yeah. So you was up till four. What time did you have to get up to start your day? I woke up at eight. See? That's that's what the struggle is about. People don't see that on the ground. Yeah, you know, double tap for those pictures. Yeah. Behind the scenes activities definitely serious. The sacrifices we've made and we're still making. So it's just really evident for people to catch on to that. And that's why we love to have entrepreneurs like you on our show to really speak to that because you was up for four. You don't even look like you've been up since four o'clock. Ooh, Looking thanks, all good sis. and whatnot with the braids. I see you. <laughs> so it's just that people need to understand that it's a lot of grit to be an entrepreneur is not what you see. And it's also important to have a team and make sure you have people supporting you. You went to bed at 4 a.m. last night and you still got up slayed and just crushing the day. Can you just give us some insight on what your day to day schedule looks like? For sure. Now, first of all, I do not want to glorify team no sleep. Mm. That's, <laughs> I am, that's big. Yeah. I am that's, not here to do that. That was a rare occasion. I had a deck that was due, so I had to, you know, sacrifice. But I would say typically I wake up uh, at 7.07. I know that's so random, but I set my alarm for like really arbitrary times. Okay. Um, so I wake up at 7.07, take a shower, head to work. I'm probably in the office around like 8.45, 9. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm doing my 9 to 5. And so that's every. Everything. I mean, we're doing everything from setting up photo shoots to putting out PR crisis to doing press days. Mm-hmm. And then I'm usually out of the office mm, 6.30 um, and I'm probably going to some sort of event. So whether it's a screening or a meeting, um, I'm usually going to probably do that from maybe 7.30 to 9. And then I come home. I usually give myself like a 30-minute Netflix break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start to work. And okay. that's probably from 9.30 until 2 a.m. And then I go but to sleep. But we're not promoting team no sleep. Listen. Okay. It's it, but on the weekend I sleep in. That's really when I'm giving myself time. I okay. I used to jam pack my weekends. Okay, and now I'm like we work during the week, but we rest during the weekend. And if I don't need to be up, um, I get it from my dad. My dad is a nocturnal person. Okay, and so we both. We can't go to sleep until we're actually really tired or we'll just lay in bed and look yeah. at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So um, if I'm tired, like last night, um, I was up really late. But the night before, I went to bed at 1038. Yeah. It just depends. Okay. Um, but I don't need a lot of sleep, but my doctor said I do. So. <laughs> Doctor's orders. Listen. Right. 
And speaking of scheduling and being an entrepreneur, there has been this huge wave of entrepreneurs, especially among millennials, which is a beautiful thing. I think in part is because of the way the economy is and how we were made to believe you go to college, you come out, you graduate, you get that wonderful job, that house, the car, the whole nine, but that doesn't apply to a lot of us. So really speaking to what do you think about this new wave of entrepreneurs um, among millennials and what are you pulling from that wave? It's awesome. It's like the next wave of the renaissance. I yes. just feel like uh, the barrier to entry now is yes. the lowest it's ever been. Yeah. Um, really, the only thing that's stopping you now mm-hmm. um, is yourself. Valid. Because you can do almost anything. Yes. You, I mean, all you literally have to do is just start. Yeah. Um, and I think that's incredible. And I think, you know, I get inspired when I look at other people doing incredible things. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to see what's going to come. Okay. Yeah. I, it's crazy. I feel like you're dropping so many quotables right Facts. now. Yeah. In my mind, because I'm I'm thinking about the next question that I want to ask, and I'm like, yo, when is her book coming out? Like, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to cop the, the biography. Yo, you know, let me get these keys. <laughs> Listen, in the works. Listen, in the works. She's like, how'd you know about the book? <laughs> put it out there. We're put in the universe, but and that does lead me to the next question. Like, what would be one book that you would suggest for? all creatives to check out that has made a difference for you? Ooh, there are three. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first is The Obstacle is the Way. Okay. okay. It changed the Sounds way that good. I looked at resistance and the way that I looked at challenges. And mm. now you start realizing how strong you are when you look at the things that stressed you out last year. Oh, and then you yes. look at what's stressing you out this year. And you can look at it like, why are there so many problems? Or you can see that resistance uh, is the prime kind of example that you are growing. And uh, that changed everything for me. The second one is Dear Founder. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's got these super short snackable advice pieces for every founder whether it is delegating on a team dealing with finances not commingling your funds like what it's got everything um and i think the third one would be um it's by cheryl straighthead which is amazing and it's brave darn it's a green book i'm gonna have to it's probably gonna come back it's gonna come back but it's incredible because i think it's not it's so important for founders, yes, to focus on those fundamental skills, mm-hmm. but also just to feed your soul. Uh, especially, it, it's hard being yes. a founder. Oh, yes, and it is. you need to delve into something much bigger than just like, are you able to delegate? Like, mm-hmm. how is your heart? How is your spirit? Can you sleep at night with the choices state. that you're making? Yeah. I have to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. That's really important to me. Yeah. Wow. Everything that you're saying really resonates with me Um, because I've definitely had some I've made some changes in my life. Just being taking like some time to really look within and kind of see how do I feel? And like you said, is this light of my soul on fire or if it's not? It's really not meant for me. Did you realize that while you was on the yacht huh? in Capri? I'm just, just curious since you're out here living your best life. Best life. <laughs> Wasn't saying this before you went on vacation now. City, City Boys won, you heard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Brave Enough. Yes. Brave Enough, yes. Brave Enough yes. by Cheryl Strayhead. Uh-huh. Everyone it should came get to that you. book. Yep. <laughs> it is so good. I'm glad you spoke about feeding your soul and being a founder. It's not easy. And also keeping intact your mental state. I think it's very important. Um, CCNYC has put on a recent event when it talked about mental health in a black community, which I think is very, very important. Can you speak to um, your thoughts on utilizing getting a life coach or a therapist and if that has worked in your life currently? For sure. I think therapy is incredible. Golden. 
Man, it's great. It's just perspective. Yes. That's incredible. And you also don't realize how many things are bottled up. So you sit on a couch in front of a complete stranger. Yes. And I, I really, really encourage everyone to at least try it. Yeah. Um, because again, you, you're not meant to do this journey alone. And mm-hmm. I think for so long, it's been like, just be strong on your own. Uh, but we're stronger together. And yes. I went to a therapist for the first time ever last summer before the second culture con. And I'll never forget because we had just found the venue. And uh, one of my friends walked in. I had taken her there. And she looked at me and she said, Imani, this is really big. <laughs> in that tone by her saying that because like the space everyone the vision everything and I mean she's one of my closest friends and my stomach just dropped because I thought what have I done what Um, have I done I've really done it now and that's how the devil gets to you he's like oh you've really done it now Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that we sold out and that there were uh, so many people on the waiting list like I just we were victorious but I think I always go back to that moment because I think I started therapy it had to have been that week yeah um, because I spent a week thinking I had made a huge mistake yeah um and it's beautiful when you look back at your life and kind of chuckle at all of the things mm-hmm. that you were stressed about. But they weren't. It wasn't funny at the time. Yeah. I, mean, I was really stressed out. And by utilizing that therapist, how have your life changed consistently since going to therapy? Can you speak to that? They've, she's definitely been able to help me see my blind spots. Okay. I think, you know, it's incredible to have someone not really giving advice but instead helping you reach answers that are already inside of yes, you um, yes. and helping you realize just how much bigger the world is. I, I love the James Baldwin quote that he says, you know, you think you're the only one who's endured suffering yes. or loneliness. Yes. And then you read. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very similar seeing a therapist yeah. because your problems are valid. Yes. Um, but they're not always as big as you think they are. They are, they're, they're not always as big as you think they are. And I, I found that usually there's a window. Yes. Um, I believe in God and I have found that usually when I'm in these rooms and it's a panic room. Yeah. If I can just stand still enough, there is a window. There yeah. is a way out. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And I'm glad you spoke to that about like, you know, being strong and stuff. And I think being as black women, we, we take on that burden. And for me, when I, went to go see a life coaches because I was going through things and I went to my friend and she was seeing a life coach and I was like, we don't, she's Jamaican just like me. I was like, we don't do that. And she was like, that's the problem. And she checked me in that conversation and that encouraged me to go see a life coach. So whether you're going through something as terms of putting on an event or you just going through a certain stage in your life, it's life coaching or therapy is really important. And also some of the health insurance actually do support and pay a portion towards your fee if you do go see a therapist. So look into that. We should definitely encourage that on this show yeah. so I would definitely strongly suggest you look and interviewing different life coaches and therapists just don't go to the first ones check them out get a feel for them and then decide if you want to move forward with them but like Imani said it's very very important I've never I've had a life coach and I've never been to a therapist but now I'm like kind of curious I'm just like I want to see what that like kind of like what's the difference between the two mm-hmm. and I've just been hearing therapy just get thrown around all the time lately so I'm just like damn do I need to get a therapist do I need to sit down on the couch because I like I'm an open book when it comes to people so I usually I'm just sharing my life like what I'll be in the uber car and just like yeah I just had a stressful day at work man like my boss was on top of me so I wonder I, I'm just very curious to see what that dynamic is like and I'm 
I just kind of just speaking out loud about that. <laughs> I can only speak from a life coach perspective. I haven't fully seen a therapist as of yet. I've never seen a life coach. I'm curious about that. <laughs> yeah. Coach me on my life. Please. Well, life coaches, they give homeworks. I know oh. mine, she give like weekly homeworks, like do this, try to incorporate that. Um, But she did say, if you reach a certain point where I can't help you, I definitely think you should go see a therapist, which I respect about her. It's like, you know, your limits. So don't do something that you know you can't. So I think that's the difference for me. I could say, I don't know what therapy as of yet, but I will look into the therapy. That's on my to-do list. Yeah, like with therapy, um, it's a lot of kind of again, it's it's I guess less homework, yeah, and a little bit more of kind of walking you through things that you should probably be unpacking. Okay, um, why you react in certain ways, mm-hmm. um, things that we're so kind of used to because we think that it's who we are. Yes, but everything is a choice. Yeah, and they really help you identify why you're making certain choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's described it perfect. That's exactly what my life coach said. He said when you go to therapy, it's more about kind of looking into your past and seeing what traumas and things may be still playing out in your life right now. But with coaching, it's kind of looking more forward and future thinking in terms of what goals and things you want to accomplish and actually who you have to be to make those things happen. So so I think they could probably work in hand. (laughs) Definitely. Nice. So on our show, you know, we definitely tackle in terms of social injustice issues and politics. In our previous episode, we discussed the victory of Meek Mills. As you know, he will be issued a new trial and a new judge. Finally, um, he was on probation for 11 years for a minor offense. Um, we talked about this previously on our other episodes. So definitely check those out. So we just want to get um, your take on prison reform, especially in relation to his case. And what are some ways you think creatives can assist in that? Like starting now, what can we do to help in that yeah you know i've been very close to the prison system actually my whole life because my parents um used to both be pastors at state penitentiary in florida sweet my dad is now the lead pastor um of gwinnett county prison okay um goes there every single day um and so this is something that really really hits close to home for me i mean i think we've got to start immediately i mean you look at new york i just read on uh on vox.com that eight uh, black people are eight times more likely to be arrested on marijuana charges than yes. white people in New York City. Yeah. And now, you know, cannabis is so trendy and it's just like you're looking at situations like this, like such blatant racism yes. um, that it has to be unpacked. And so I think, you know, what creatives can do. One is to start to spread more awareness, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I know that that's kind of vague, but yeah. I think familiarize yourself in terms of like what's already happening. Yeah. Um, you don't have to always lead the charge. Sometimes yeah. being a part of it is enough. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with that because I think without awareness and being actually present to something, you can't actually deal with it. You can't find that window that you mentioned before to actually figure out the problem. So just really getting present to it is very important. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to the next question. At CultureCon last year, uh, Spike Lee was one of your guests, which is amazing. And he had a great quote. I want to just make sure I get it right. And he said, know your history and who set the foundation for you. Draw strength from your ancestors. And that just mm-hmm. really resonated. Spike always spitting gems. Wow. Yeah. Always. Unapologetically at that. that should, you know he don't care. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So how have you drawn strength from your ancestors and how does that kind of play out in your life? 
You guys, I love history. Like, yeah. I'm such a nerd. Like, yeah. I just think it's incredible how resilient our ancestors were. I just came back from a vacation with my parents. We went to Savannah. Mm-hmm. And there's Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. You've been there. Yes. I've been there. That water, that beach. Yes. Oh, yes. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, we went to the first uh, black church in America. Wow. Okay. And went to the basement, and they had these little holes in the ground shaped as diamonds. Diamonds, they told us that underneath those holes was where slaves were for the Underground Railroad. And it was the same exact flooring from the 1800s. Oh and that these slaves built this church with their bare hands, four bricks deep. They wow. did this after working in the fields all day, built it by bonfire. The men couldn't even move back and forth because of the laws that were in place. So the women were the ones bringing the brick to the location. Wow. And then the men would build it and then made this paint. I mean, it was just like so incredible. And I think, you know, that quote is, I come as thousands, but I stand as one. I just, when I look back at how resilient and strong we are, Mm -hmm. um, it just encourages me. And I think it almost emboldens me. And the reason why we say brave spaces is even myself, I was playing it so safe at work. Mm -hmm. I was not really bringing my whole self to work. I wasn't really opinionated. I wasn't really kind of like really speaking my mind. And then I woke up literally one day and I was like, I'm tired of having to be only 30% of myself. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get braids and they're going to be blonde and the braids are going to go all the way down my back Ooh. and I'm going to go into corporate America and you're not going to touch my hair. Yeah. All those things. When they see us. And I, it just feels incredible to be your whole self and yeah. to, in very careful ways, you know, move the culture forward. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, there was something about being in Savannah, I, not to be dramatic, but it like changed my life. Yeah. Because there were these graves of slaves and slave quarters. Mm-hmm. And even we were seeing where they were doing protests, the same uh, diner shops were still there. Yeah. And we sat at the diner shops and at the, the Woolworths counter. And um, I mean, guys, that was 56 yeah. years ago. Yeah. It's not very long. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. And speaking of history and everything of that nature, being that you reside in Harlem, um, you attended the screening of When They See Us. Can you speak to what the, that series did to mm. you? Did to you? I know what it did to me. What it did to you? And did you know the entire story prior to watching it? I was aware of the story. Um, I definitely wasn't as aware as I could have been. Yes. And when I watched that screening, I wanted to leave. Yeah. I was mortified. Mm-hmm. I was disgusted. I was angry. I wanted to scream and I knew I couldn't leave because it was true. Yeah. And I had to see the truth. I couldn't hide from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so beautifully done because it made me feel all of those things disgusted, yeah. upset. Um, And it just justified that there's still so much work to do because this story was told, but there are thousands of stories that aren't told. Thousands of maybe even millions of people who are sitting behind jail because someone thought that it was a good narrative. Uh, So in short, it broke my heart, but it, 
did inspire me, the bravery of those men, the bravery of Ava DuVernay, the yes. bravery of Netflix and Strong Black Lead. And creating these brave spaces. These brave now spaces yep. to educate. Yes. And, and the fact that it has led to such a rippling effect. Yes, it has. That's incredible. I have goosebumps right now. It was just, it was so incredible. Yeah. No, it's true. And Corey Wise still, um, he resides in Harlem, which is really amazing. So yeah. that's a pretty dope thing too as well. Um, but I'm glad you spoke about that. And I didn't really know f- the full extent to why. And I did not. I waited to watch it. I, and especially Corey's part. I was like, I know this going to be hard. <laughs> I waited, but I was like, okay. And I went through the emotions, but it had to be told. It's definitely something to check out if you haven't already. And I'm glad that you spoke to that. So we're going to end on a little lighter note because we just got a little dense there. <laughs> In our previous episode, we talked about the do's and don'ts of dating. So Pierre's on the side of Date your friends' exes, everybody. I did, what? I Girl, did I already not see where we that. see here. We this is why I love having a sister on the show because I even this have to finish my question <gasps> and she already shaking her head. The air. This I'm is, on the other side. This is why it's good that we have receipts and the internet lives forever because I my whole point was it's all about the context. Now it's the whole There's point. different different groups of friends. Different, <laughs> yeah, like. Yikes. Okay. I'm back in the middle. Hold on. Right. It's like different groups of friends, different types of people have different dynamics amongst them. Like I was saying with me, most of my friends are predominantly male. So we're hanging out. We're doing like guy stuff. And I have female friends, but again, most of my time is spent with my male friends, but I know there are groups who are like, five guys five girls and they're just like they all hang out they do things together and sometimes when you're in a group like that people co-mingle yeah well i'm not saying be specific (laughs) you ain't said in the last episode you was like y'all passed them around oh so wow wow we're passing around (laughs) that's what we do it pierre yes it's crazy you literally just just putting this on me this is great you're the only guy here might as well we need like some post-reduction to just replay the actual clip that i saw in the last episode so i just wanted to get your take on it what's your do's and don'ts of dating for me i definitely think you shouldn't be dating your friends exes are your ex as friends no matter what the context but that's just me what about you yeah, I mean, I think that is the general rule of thumb. I think in a city like New York, if you're not careful, everyone is someone's acquaintance <laughs> friend. So, yeah, I I like to be low key. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you might get a hand on a <laughs> on an Instagram story, but not making the grid. I like that. No, I like that. No, so thanks. you having a hot girl summer? The lukewarm? No, it's it's uh yeah, it's lukewarm. I'm okay. I'm focused. <laughs> okay. Cool. I find like when you're running your best race, my pastor said you run your best race and you look to the right, and if someone's running there beside you, there you go. But Ooh, I can't slow down. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. So you got to secure the bag. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, I think relationships are incredibly important. Mm -hmm. I just think that you got to make sure you're ready for what you're praying for. Yes. This is very, very true. And I'm glad you spoke to that because even not only relationship, but in general, a lot of us is like, I want this to happen now quickly. And you know me, Piers, like you're so impatient. You (laughs) want everything to happen tomorrow. And I realized when things happen, especially the things we spoke about, affirmations, I'm just like, hold up. God is like, see, told you. So when you're praying for things, whether it's relationships or anything, make sure you be prepared when it comes and just pace yourself. You know, whether that's you finding self-care or whatever the case may be, you have to pace yourself because for you to ask for something and then you get it and you can't fulfill it, then what's the basis? And I don't like to sit around and just complain all day. So I like to find a resolution to problems. So make sure you find one. Nice. Wait, what's another don't? I won't, <laughs> give me one more. Um, I would say... 
For me, another don't is being on multiple dating apps. I think they're getting a little bit overbearing and it's a bit much because I'm at a point where I just want to copy and paste my comments. And <laughs> You can't do that on different multiple apps. So just stick to one dating app at a time and definitely make use of people's time and be consistent. So mm. that's my don't. Don't utilize all the shout out to Hinge, by the way. How you doing? <laughs> that's your favorite? That's the one. Yeah, I'm using. I like it. It's quick. It's easy. I got super excited. For I thought you said a name. I was like, you dropping a name? No, I didn't <gasps> drop a name. We're not doing that. Nope. Don't be low key. <laughs> Are you having a hot girl summer? I am having a hot girl oh, summer. It's yes. amazing. You know, mm-hmm. president of the club. So I have to represent for all my people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Balance. Balance. So um, we're just going to end on a note of, is there any upcoming events coming out with CCNYC that you want to share with people when the dates are dropped so y'all can get y'all tickets? I think all roads lead to CultureCon. <laughs> so, CL in October. I'll definitely see you all before then, but I just can't wait for you all to see it. Yes. I mean. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be in the building. Oh, man. Can they oh. still get tickets? You can still get tickets. Okay. We have more tickets. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. Yes. So, so we'll get more people who's going to be coming in. So that'll yeah. be dope. Yeah, I'm we so just excited. announced a, a college scholarship. So if okay. you're in college, you have the chance to win a free ticket. We get, it's it's a lot to balance. So Perfect. just okay. announced that yesterday. Cool, cool. Ooh, giving back. I love yes. it. Yes. So I do have one more question before we go into Keys Tea. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind with everything that you've done and, and that you're working on to accomplish? Legacy, legacy. I think, you know, a few things. I really want to, I keep saying humanity, but uh, I really want to lean into that. Um, yes. And my friends and I who have built this uh, beautiful community, um, I want to lean into that too. I think it's just a beautiful thing to kind of climb together. Mm-hmm. Like it's not me at the top of this mountaintop. There's a whole bunch of us and a whole bunch more. Um, so I want to continue to kind of build things with people who inspire me. Um, and I want to give back. And I never kind of saw myself when I was younger. Um, all of my mentors were white men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important to speak talk to younger generations um, and liberate them and let them know that everything is possible. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And you're doing that. So keep it up. Yeah. Great job. More to come too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we're going to get into Key's Tea. I know how I get. You talking shit? Nah, just spitting facts. It's Keys T. Um, so Big Sean is Bizak. Mm. So happy that he's back. He dropped a new single called Single Again. Hey, boo, how you doing? <laughs> First and foremost, let me just say I want to give a special shout out to um Big Sean. He did take some time away from his music to work on his mental health. And I think that's very important because a lot of us, we talk about that especially on our show we talk about that throughout life and in the black community so the fact that he was very transparent and honest and said listen i know that i need to step back and i need to work on me and he's been very clear about that so special shout out to him pertaining to that and hopefully he can be an inspiration of black men and boys out there about taking their mental health seriously whether you utilize a service or you decide not to but as long as you're cognizant of what's going on you're actually able to work on it so special shout out to him but we want to peel it back a little bit so pertaining to this music video which is like a cute hood flick you know a little baby shower (laughs) with the Burberry suit you know how they do with the fitteds and stuff he had all of that real Detroit 
real Detroit in a music video, but it was cute. Um, what I will say about it is that it featured real life couple Keith Powers and Ryan Destiny. They're so adorable. Um, and basically, you should definitely check out the video. It's about a relationship and how it's glorified throughout social media, which we see all the time with these celebrities, whether they on social media and they're getting false information about their relationship. And I thought that it was very imperative that the video touched upon that. Interestingly enough, after the video dropped, someone did tweet, you know, how they had to get fancy um that basically big sean he lost out on janae iku by him fumbling the ball and he basically responded saying that he did not fumble anything she's an amazing person um i can see he understands how that person could see that on the outside looking in but they don't understand and that's a very valid point and also to that the song featured Janae Aiku, so there's no bad ill or ill will between them. They ended things in being amicable. And I just think that we need to be very cognizant and respectful of celebrity relationships. Some of them may put it out there on the surface and others may not. We don't know the intricate details of him and Janae Aiku, and so what? They ended, they both seem like they're in a good space, and I think that we need to be respectful of that and acknowledge it. The fact that he's still willing to work with her and they have a good relationship or rapport after the fact, because he still tweeted something out to her, that shows that he's a bigger person, and that speaks to a lot of these relationships and how they end, and I think we need to promote healthy relationships and ending them on a healthy note so you could be a better person for yourself and for the partner that you would. That's Keys T. Mm. I love Big Sean. I call. Oh yeah, him, no, you're obsessed with him. I call him my <laughs> spiritual rapper because, like, once I started getting into more spirituality, meditation, things like that, I started hearing like he was talking about that stuff in his music, and I'm just like, this is dope. Like he he gets me, and he looks mm-hmm. like me. So I didn't know he had a new song, and I'm yeah. just like, hold up, I, I'm about to be back. I go listen to this right now and come back. But yeah. I'm excited to check it out. Big Sean, he's the man. Super excited. So once again, Imani, we're so happy that you are a part of our show. Can you please let our listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Yes, I'm on Instagram, Imani Imani. It's mm-hmm. a double I in the middle. And then you all can follow the Creative Collective at the T-H-E-C-C-N-Y-C. Awesome. And be on the lookout for CultureCon October 12th. Tickets are still available and we will be promoting it on our social media. So you'll be well aware of that as well. We will be attending. So we'll show y'all some footage if y'all can't make it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. Make sure you purchase our ringtone at the Tunes Store for Android users and at the iTunes Store for Apple users. You know you like that silky smooth sound in the background, so go purchase that ringtone. You can make um, donations on our Patreon account by searching Unapologetically Different. You can also follow us on social media, preferably um, Instagram and Twitter on UnapologeticD underscore. All of our episodes are posted on iTunes so please please go rate review and subscribe um, and also we are on Spotify SoundCloud and Google Play and Stitcher by searching unapologetically different podcasts leave a comment so we know it's real thank you for tuning in stay tuned for next episode bye